The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore. I am so happy that you are here with us for today's show because this is the second part of our special two-part series centered around a very uplifting theme, divine love. We're going to concentrate on divine love relations today because in just a moment, I'm going to be welcoming inspirational speaker Issei Luleko Muhat El Seifer along with his former spouse, intuitive healing designer Christine Carlo. And they're going to talk with us about divine love relations along with learning soul lessons, spiritual growth, and tips on how to better express our love for one another. Peace and love, that old saying. We've all heard that before, right? Well, we're going to talk about that today. And as always, I'm sending you great wishes, good wishes, happy wishes for good health. And I certainly hope that this podcast today will inspire you, uplift you, and uh, just give you a little bit of something to add a good vibe to your life. So, uh, well, let's get on with the show. It is now my great honor to welcome Issei Luleko Muhat El Seifer and Christine Carlo. Issei is an Emmy Award-winning actor, inspirational speaker, and spiritual guide. And thankfully, his journey wasn't just a bouquet of beautiful roses because it was the thorns that led him to rise to his true nature and boldly share his life's mission. Once you have you, you have everything. And Christine Carlo is an intuitive healing designer, mother, and gift giver of love. Christine spreads powerful healing love through a myriad of gemstone jewelry designs. And I'd like to welcome them both to the program right now. How are you today, Issei? And how are you today, Christine? I'm doing fantastic. Wonderful. It's actually a beautiful day outside. Wonderful, wonderful. Glad to be with you again, Laura. I'm so glad you're here because last week, Issei, we really got going. I mean, I think we could have talked for another hour. So I'm so happy that we are continuing the conversation about this really all-important subject of divine love. And I'm just going to get right to it. When you feel like, in this case, we're talking about marriage, because Christine is your former spouse, how do you first decide or or learn to act on your impulse to dissolve a relationship like a marriage when you know deep down that it's over? What do you do? For me... I really 
kept my uh, internal compass intact when it came to Issei because when I first met him, we had a connection that seemed otherworldly. And that connection really never left, no matter if he, if I was looking at him as a husband or if I was looking at him as the father of my child or my best friend. Um, I think society actually programs you into thinking that it's, it's right for you to marry your best friend. And Issei actually had uh, an inclination that we should just remain best friends and we shouldn't get married. And his reasoning was because I love you so much, I don't ever want to lose you. And marriage is, you know, is is not always and permanent. I, and I knew how much I was going to mess up. I knew that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to keep this one. So that connection was the foundation of of who we were. So even when I looked at him and I thought, okay, our, our connection as spouses is over. Um, I couldn't deny that there was a divine connection there. And I knew that even though that, that was over, the connection wasn't over. And I was thankful that I had a daughter with Issei because, uh, that meant that I would, you know, I had a piece of him, wherever I went and, and, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, it took me a while. I was angry. I was definitely angry, you know, like I'd lie if I, if I wasn't, you know, there was, there was times where I felt like I was let down and other times where I felt like I didn't, uh, you know, like meet his expectations as well. And, um, we got married to the four agreements and I was really stuck on the always do your best because I just felt like, I wanted to keep my family together no matter what. And I would always ask myself, am I doing my best? Am I doing my best? And a little, you know, I, I always felt like there was a little bit more in me and a little bit more of me. And I realized, you know, if I kept going this way, I was going to lose pieces of myself. And that's not what a relationship is, any relationship, whether it be friends or, I mean, any kind of connection. So um, I was clear that our connection as husband and wife was over but I also was reminded that he has so much value in my life that there was no way I was going to let him leave my world, let him leave my life. There's still so much value there. And I, I always tell people, you know, if it's time to divorce, go back to the basics. And, you know, if you can still see value in one another, then that's a beautiful thing. That's something that needs to be cherished, honored and adored and held on to. I agree. And I also agree something you said across the board, whether it's a marriage or a relationship or family or friend or someone you know. I mean, what you just said so brilliantly applies to just people in your life and, and the people that you're involved with and even people that you're not involved with. And I think that's something that we need uh, in our society as well right now. Do you agree? Absolutely. Finding the value of things. I mean, just knowing the value of what you have is such a huge tool. If you can get to the point where you can actually see value and understand the value of things, um, holding on to things and letting go of things is also, it's uh, it's like a filter. Like really, really getting beneath the, the surface way of relating to things, especially this person, you know, and... You know, people, when I tell them about our relation now, they automatically say, well, yeah, you guys have a child together. 
Can I say, yes, we do. And the connection that I have with Christine, that we've chosen to make a, a divine connection. And from that divine connection, we also have a child. But nothing will take away our divine connection. Like we've chosen just to plant our roots in heaven, if you will, with who I see in front of me. Like I get that she's in, you know, she's in a body, she's a, she's a woman, she might be my ex-wife or whatever you want to call it, but I choose to see her divinity before her humanity. And I choose to relate to her divine being, her divine aspect, you know, in our divine relationship before our human relationship. And so I have to think about all of that when I look at her. And, um, and that really strengthens, I know that strengthens me. It gives me much more heart to work with when I come to fight in this battle of life, fight for love and fight for truth and, you know, want to embody and express that for the ones that are closest to us. It's more empowering now because I feel like during the last tale of our marriage, we weren't able to see each other. I don't think I was able to hear you just because I took things personal, you know, taking a step back, but still being in your space and having me, having you look at me the way that you look at me and realizing that I have value in your life and that you can see who I am and see my power. That's empowering. That makes me want to I'm inspired. I'm saying like it, it goes back to where we originally were when we first met was being completely motivated and inspired just by being around your energy. So we continue to grow and create uh, because we can now see each other. But there was a time when I couldn't hear or see him because I was just blinded by my own pain. And let me tell you something as well, uh, Laura, to tie this together too. back when pretty much our entire marriage and but I'm just going to zoom in on that time um I w- I did had no idea how to love myself my cookie bag was empty I couldn't give her the love I couldn't even give it to myself I had no idea what that was and I didn't I only figured that out when we actually had our completion ceremony when she came to me and she said you know, um, we had already been co-parenting. We had already resolved things. And she was dating somebody. And she came to me and asked me for her blessing to give her heart to this other man. And I completely obliged. And that that was a, a ceremony that was impromptu. And it was more beautiful than our wedding. And it was, it was otherworldly. And it was the completion, the honoring, the blessing of all the lessons and the the, the joy and the accomplishments and the victories and the, the messes that I know that I made and, you know, and, and, and now as I sit here, I've had the honor of cleaning them all up and owning up for all of them. I'm proud of that shit. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. Glad, I'm glad yeah. that I mess, messed up and made messes and that I cleaned it all up and I can show up properly now. Yes. Amazing. You both are just, just so amazing. There's something that, that I want to make sure sure we get to that I thought was so important. When I was a child, my parents divorced. There was nothing like a completion ceremony. And speaking just to that point, 
finding a powerful space of peace. How do you find that space of peace? So I think it's really common when you meet somebody and you create a life with them and you create a bubble. And I've always had this thing about holding the people that I love really close and sacred within that bubble. So, yes, I hold my child, our child then in that bubble. But before my child, our child came along, it was Issei and I. And I kind of went back to that bubble where it's a sacred space. The relationship didn't flourish like how we wanted it to, but it also flourished in other ways that were unexpected and beautiful. And I wanted anything that's really close to me, I feel like I'm really private about. And I I just feel like um, our... I don't want to say severance because it wasn't a severance. I don't want to se- say, say separation because we're not even separated. Like I, I still share a very large piece of my heart with Issei. He still carries pieces of me wherever he goes. And I think that's, I think that's honorable. And I think um, a lot of people don't understand it. I, yeah. I know that when I first started dating, um, my other half was like, yeah, your connection to Issei is like, I don't know, it's making me uncomfortable. But it was so strong that I was actually willing to walk away from my new relationship because I still needed to honor the man that I married. I still needed to honor the man that I co-created a child with. That's, of course. That's what's divine. That's what's more important. And he's still family to me. Because, you know, we, yes, we had a completion ceremony, but when people ask me, like, oh, tell me about your family, Issei's still part of my family. He's still, mm-hmm. he's still a piece of me. So um, there was no, yes, I was angry, but time heals all wounds. And I know that anger is temporary, but beneath anger is pain. So I knew that if I got to the root of the, the problem and we talked our pain out, there was no reason for me to go outside of the bubble and start talking badly because... Yes. There's also, you know, there's also like, oh, I said something horrible and that person took it and said something horrible as well. And it it turns into, it turns way bigger than it needs to be. And it starts spreading negativity and it affects everybody that's involved, everybody that knows. And it spreads like wildfire. So we, we worked it out. We spent lots of time communicating, lots of talking, oceans of tears, um, you know, one of the things that was amazing is, yeah, I, I did come to him. I, I was falling in love with someone else, and I felt like there was a part of me that needed his blessing in order for me to do that. And mm-hmm. some people thought, that's kind of crazy because you don't owe him anything. But I I did. I did owe him. And I and I think we, we owed each other. I think, you know, it was important. And one of the things that touched me so deeply is when I said I'm – I, I need this to change. I, I need a change in my life and I'm ready to move on. He hugged me and said he was scared. And mm. it, it hit me a different way. I really realized that this, I don't want him walking scared. I don't want to leave him in the dark. That's, I'm better than that. We're better than that. So, you know, to leave in light was... <sighs> that was really what I wanted to focus on is, you know, we need to have a completion ceremony. We need to love and leave and light both love and light and leave and light. 
Yeah. Very beautifully said. Well, Issei, how how was your feeling at, at that point? I mean, Christine talked a little bit about it, but share with us your your feelings. Well, you know, when someone is going through this sort of completion, I'm going to call it for what I know it to be. My experience is a completion. It's a, and really having peace with the cycles of life. Everything has a beginning, middle, and end, and then it reboots again, beginning, middle, end, beginning, just like the seasons, right? And that's just what relations are. So I think just being at peace with that, but then when you're actually going through it, something that will really, I believe that really helps is finding your grounding and your peace with it before you start sharing with people. I wouldn't share with Mm. anybody in the family or anyone like that. I would find it with yourself. Maybe you have someone that you consult with, someone that is a, a, a guide, someone that's really deeply rooted that can truly navigate you and in, in finding and in, in anchoring in your own peace. Because anything else, if we start to share too soon, now you have to feel people's opinions and their emotions and their baggage, what they're bringing. I would just say miss all of that. And as you're, you console with your partner, obviously, console with yourself and, oh and, 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 your, and your creator and God. And then if you have someone else that is a mentor that can guide you with this and help you guide you. So you that can, can remain neutral. That too. can remain neutral. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, so you can, so you can be uh, guided on how to show up as your best self. And then you start to have peace with it. Your heart starts to settle and then you start to be grounded and rooted from where you're coming from, you'll know when you're rooted, like you'll know. And then from that place, after some time, then you can start to share. You can start to share because you've already made the transition. Like yeah. you should already have already alchemized everything, fighting off the urge to want to share and uh, in person, social media, like just, this is something so highly or deeply sacred, highly and deeply sacred that it needs to be uh, alchemized and really grounded in that place first. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the best things that you can actually do in life is have the power to create. I mean, God is the creator. And then you, 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 you find a partner and you create a life. And that life is, it, it, it's so much bigger than you. And I just couldn't get past the fact that I had had that gift of being able to create a life with Issei. And that's not, I only had one child. It took years to get pregnant. It was, it's the highest form of God that you can actually get to, I believe, being able to create life. I felt like I needed to honor that. I felt like I needed to take it for what it really was. And and when I look at Issei, I see the man that I created a child with. And there's so much love there that, I mean, why would I want to walk away from that? And, and again, look, like when I see her, you got to look, like, look, look, think about timeline. Okay. And then, and then in the middle of that, you have this human aspect. But when I look at her, it's past lives. It's our divinity on one end and it's the other. And I know that when we're done in this life, I'm going to still have a relation with her when we leave these bodies. Like I know that. So I know I better show up properly here because I'm going to have to, I'm going to be having something with her later on as well, too. I know that my relation with her is very, very special. 
And it's multi, multi-dimensional. It's been through many, many, many lifetimes. Like, I know that. Everyone has their different level of depth. Um, what I would say is go as deep as you can go in finding why you chose to really be with this person. Figure out your soul connection because then that'll carry you through and carry you beyond any sort of human shortcomings, emotions and reactions, low vibrational stuff. If we can truly like remember who that person is to us before this lifetime, after this lifetime, it, it changes the ball game completely. Beautifully said. Well, we could go on talking for hours, but we have run out of time. And, and I would like to close with that, you say, because uh, I think that just really says it all. And Christine, Issei, you are incredible people. We're so I'm so honored to have you on this program. And I do wish you peace, love, all good things in life. And I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure, as always. Much love and peace and blessings to you, sister, and to you, all the viewers. Um, you are loved and reclaim your peace. Thank you. Wow. That was pretty heavy, right? Well, thank you so much, Issei. Thank you so much, Christine, for the incredible, helpful, and uplifting conversation today. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we're wishing you all good things, and we hope they might have time to come on this program and share some of their wonderful wisdom with us sometime soon again. Well, if you're new to this program, you may be saying, who the heck is Laura and who the heck is Jazzy Vegetarian? Well, Jazzy Vegetarian is uh, all things vegan and delicious. We have a weekly television show broadcast nationally on the Create Network and on public television. We have this podcast, of course, and I've written many books, uh, cookbooks, and we've got videos and all lots of fabulous, jazzy-licious things. And so to learn about us, just visit jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com after the program today. And uh, you can watch some videos and get some tips and get lots and lots of recipes and learn more what we're all about. But I know for those of you that listen regularly to this program, you've been waiting for it. And it is my recipe of the week. Spicy soba peanut noodles. Vegan and delicious. My recipe of the week. Oh yes, with a little bit of spice, a little bit of sweet, and a pleasing texture, this enticing spicy soba peanut noodles recipe is just... It's really, really delicious. It features a peanut sauce that pairs well with a lot of dishes. You don't have to just use this with this noodle recipe, but it's really delicious tossed with cooked soba noodles for a quick peanut noodle dish. This kind of reminds me of these fabulous peanut noodles we used to get from a wonderful Chinese restaurant when we lived in New York City. So it's a good one, folks. And you're going to start off with four to six ounces of soba noodles, whole grain spaghetti or fettuccine. You can certainly use a gluten-free pasta if you like. And this recipe makes two servings. You can certainly double it or triple it really easily. So you're going to start with four to six ounces of soba noodles. 
and then three tablespoons of water, plus more as needed, two heaping tablespoons of smooth peanut butter, plus more as needed, one to two cloves of garlic minced, or you can use garlic powder if you like, and if you don't like garlic, you can just leave it out. It's still a really flavorful recipe. Quarter teaspoon of sea salt, quarter teaspoon of chili powder, eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne, a half of a cucumber peeled and uh, cut into julienne slices, and then 12 cherry or grape tomatoes halved, and two scallions with the white and green parts thinly sliced. I like to use the whole scallion. Some people just use the green parts, but my mom always used the white and green parts, so use that today in this recipe if you can. You're just going to start off by bringing a large pot of salted water to boil over medium-high heat. Stir in the soba, decrease the heat to medium-low, and cook, stirring occasionally until tender but firm. And then meanwhile, put the water, the peanut butter, garlic, salt, chili powder, and cayenne into a bowl large enough also to accommodate the soba noodles when they're done. Whisk briskly until nice and smooth and just add a little bit more water if the sauce seems too thick. Or if it seems too thin, you can add a little bit more peanut butter if you want a little thicker sauce for your noodles. And just keep whisking it until it's nice and smooth. Then drain your soba noodles well and pour over the mixture of the peanut butter and the garlic and the salt and chili powder and the cayenne and toss gently until it's thoroughly combined. And then to serve it, I like to spoon it into deep bowls and top each serving with some of the cucumber, tomatoes, scallions. It's really, really delicious. You can serve it warm at room temperature, or I love them cold. You can cover them, put them in the refrigerator, and uh, then you can serve it later on for supper or even uh, the next day. A little jazzy tip, you can actually cook the noodles up to one day in advance of making this recipe. So if you're looking for this recipe, you want to go to jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com. And you're going to look under Season 6 Recipes, Episode 608. That's Show 608. Well, music this week, I think it's very, very appropriate, uh, thinking about the conversation that we had today with Issei and Christine. It's from my CD, We're Only Human, and we're going to play the title track, We're Only Human.
Yet we're cowards We'll die a thousand deaths In some controlling rage We give up our very best Just like the flowers We can't help it We turn to Such a great lyric, too, don't you think? Well, as always, this has gone by so quickly. I'm so happy when you join me each and every week for the Laura Theodore podcast. And until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well from me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. the Jazzy Vegetarian. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.